everyone. Welcome to the Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, all right. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so happy. I'm so honored that you're here. And if you're new to the show, episodes drop every Wednesday morning. We've got another beautiful guest joining us. We've got Emily Gosh Harris here today. Emily is an intuitive business mentor and the host of the Soul Collective Show, which I was actually just on. We did a podcast swap, so make sure you check that out too. And uh, we have got a great little back and forth going on between us. So I'll tell you a bit more about her. Emily believes the path of entrepreneurship is a spiritual journey and that the more we bring conscious awareness and authenticity and our intuitive gifts to the work that we're doing in the world, the more expansive our journey is going to be. And her passion and goal here is to enable women to fully utilize their gifts so that they can make a meaningful and purpose-driven impact on the world. Her work involves a holistic and intuitive approach to helping identify and move beyond blocks and blind spots that might reside in the subconscious while helping her community to cultivate a business and marketing strategy that brings out the highest version of you and your business and bring that to life. Throughout her life, Emily has honed in on her gift of seeing patterns of opportunity in business that's helped her to grow numerous companies exponentially, including her own conscious media company, which she founded about four years ago. So I'm really excited to introduce her to you if you're not familiar with her work already. And uh, just a little heads up that my mic situation is not excellent in this, but Emily's is. So I hope that this is okay for you while you're listening. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here. And in the meantime, you can find Emily on Instagram at Emily Gosh Harris, and I'm at Helen Denham underscore. So hit us up, let us know what you think and what you're learning during this episode. And of course, if you feel like a friend might benefit from this information, please do send it along. And if you feel called, even leave a review, I would be so grateful. And it always helps me to know what you're experiencing and uh, what's going on as you listen to this episode. So enjoy this one and I'll talk to you on the flip side. First question I always love to ask guests is how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to? You know, I love the morning. I feel like it's such a sacred time. And during COVID, I got like a little bit off track because for many, many years, I would wake up at five or 5.30 in the morning and do kind of quite an extensive morning routine. And I'm just now getting back in the swing of that. And it feels so, so good. So, you know, I like to start my day off and I start off by writing. I usually journal and I'll have, you know, a green smoothie to drink. And, um, and then after, you know, spending a little bit of time sort of, um, I'll just do morning pages and, um, you know, kind of write down what I'm grateful for, for the day. And, um, and then I'll go for a run. So I like to incorporate some type of movement. So I usually go for a run. I'm in uh, Tampa and, you know, split between Tampa and Nashville. And so, you know, here there's, um, you know, beautiful water. So I get to, you know, start the day usually spending some time outside. And then in the morning, I also like to um, participate in a breathwork practice. My friend and co-creator leads an amazing breathwork practice. And um, most mornings I'll, you know, hop into that class if I have time. 
um, because it's such a beautiful and profound experience and it really allows me to, it's, it's almost like a meditative soul journey and is, you know, such a deep and expansive way to, to start the day. So if I have time, I'll, I'll usually, you know, start by doing that. <laughs> beautiful. Ooh, breath work is like underrated. I feel like, well, I think a lot of people are getting into it, especially with the Wim Hof technique and everything. But, uh, I mean, breath work can be almost like a trip in itself. Like the oxygen hit that we get from doing breath work is nuts. So what has your experience with breath work been like? You know, there's so many different modalities of breath work and that's what I love about it. I feel like it's kind of like yoga where, you know, there's all these different practices and you can kind of carve out your own. You know, the one that I do is almost like this deep um, subconscious reprogramming. So it's uh, a two-part inhale and then exhale. Um, you know, into the heart, uh, into the belly, into the heart, and then exhale. Um, I know that there's so many different, um, you know, modalities, but this one really integrates like channeling and light language. And so it's such a unique and powerful experience. And every time that I have done breath work, like even explore different modalities of it, it's been such a, a, a profound release, I find, um, and also just so much clarity that, that comes from it. Mm, I would love for you to dive into about channeling and light language. I think that's so beautiful. Um, what has your experience been like with channeling? Is this something kind of new for you, something that you're currently exploring, or what does that look like? Yeah, it is something that I'm exploring. And I think that the, the more space that I give myself and the more, you know, that I'm able to open up and be sort of in my heart and in, you know, I, I think for, for many, many years, and I'd love to, you know, dive into that, but it's, um, you know, for me was more in my left brain, more in the linear, like spent a lot of time in corporate America. And so my day was planned out by the minute, you know, as back to back, go, go, go. And that is a really difficult energy to have any type of intuitive hits come through. You know, you barely have time to feel your feelings. And, and for, you know, many, um, including myself, it can be sort of like a numbing or a, a way of self-protection is to re- keep really busy, you know, don't feel the feelings. Um, and so to allow myself to have more space for creative play and, you know, to drop into my heart. That's definitely been a journey. Um, it's been a profound journey. And I think that, you know, with that, we're able to, to channel, you know, channel is such a, a buzzword, but um, to connect to source, to know ourselves as source, to, you know, recognize the divinity, divinity that exists within each of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I'm still trying to figure out what channeling looks like for me personally. And sometimes I have little moments. I think it's, it's like when divine inspiration almost hits, like you, you write something that's like, whoa, I can't believe I just wrote that or something just like really almost out of body in a way comes through. But, yes. yeah. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that it's, um, so I think one of the things that's incredible is to recognize that we are such infinite creator beings. And, you know, like you mentioned, it's like, wow, I wrote that. That was profound. You know, whether it's automatic writing or, you know, a dream that is prophetic um, that comes true. You know, I was in a channeling session and this was, you know, early, earlier on um, last year. 
and it was um, kind of towards the beginning of 2020 and we were kind of um, like the prompt was to kind of tune in to what was up for the collective, like what would be happening. Cause this is like just kind of during the start of COVID. And when I tuned in, like what I saw was um, fires happening everywhere and like explosions and like kind of all over the U S and I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Like I kind of, you know, doubted myself at first and, and then, you know, 2020, um, unfurled and, you know, and every, you know, we know kind of what happened, but, um, it was sort of shocking to me in a way that I sort of had some type of intuitive sense of that. And I think that many of us are so, so intuitive. I mean, we all are intuitive beings, but we have the ability to really tap into that and cultivate that within ourselves. And it's, it's such a beautiful gift to, you know, expand. Yes, I love that you're touching on this too, because I think the word channel used to trigger me because I almost felt like, well, I can't do that. I'm not capable. Like these people are more special than I am, but uh, I love what you're saying. Like we are absolutely capable of it and, and with practice and just intention and focus and giving ourselves the space to tap into the heart, like you were saying, is so uh, transformational really. So thank you for touching on that. Um, so I'm really curious to hear about your transition out of corporate America into your more like soul led business now. Like what has your journey looked like there? Yeah. So, you know, I think I came into this world with, you know, like many or all of us with a lot of creativity and curiosity and, and very intuitive. You know, I think I saw or sent spirits like early, early on. Um, but I grew up in an environment that was, there was a lot of emotional turmoil. And I think that I really, really shut down um, all of my emotions. And so that wasn't, it didn't feel safe to feel. And so, you know, there's a positive to that, of course, in terms of a coping mechanism, but that also can be, you know, very problematic because we tend to shut down our intuitive gifts. And so that kind of started and prompted a, a soul direction that was, you know, the best way that I can describe it is we come into a body and the soul chooses a personality. And the personality is like clothing, you know, that helps us navigate the world and, you know, you know, relate to other beings. And but sometimes we can put on like a heavy cloak, you know, that becomes our personality and it just becomes a little bit more protected, but we're not able to connect as much in a deeper heart centered way with the rest of the world. And, you know, for me, that just like that metaphor really makes sense because that's exactly what I did. And I felt like I really needed to prove my worth and, um, you know, kind of do all the things. So I went, you know, I got an MBA and I was, you know, president of my class. And then I, you know, went kind of um, the corporate route of uh, really wanting to prove myself. And I was really at that time going for a promotion, you know, it was on my vision board. I really, I, I worked around the clock and that was something that um, I kind of defined myself by was the work that I was doing in the world. And a divine intervention, you know, my, my friend, uh, you know, calls it the, the divine alarm clock. Um, but what actually ended up happening was sort of a, 
kaleidoscope of things happening at the the same exact time. So I got the promotion that I was so desperately yearning for, but you know, I realized soon after, like I just had this aha moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to work even harder, (laughs) Um, you know, to keep up. And, you know, meanwhile, my relationships were falling apart. My health was deteriorating. So there were so many factors that, you know, really prompted me to take a look at myself and go within some place that I I really, you know, was, was running from. And um, when I started to go within, um, it was, a, you know, I would say gradual journey of discovery and peeling back the layers and healing. And um, I actually uh, had an uh, astrological reading with Deborah Silverman and um, she she's amazing. And she's also extremely, extremely blunt. And so <laughs> she, um, you know, in her reading, I was asking about a relationship that I was in at the time and, you know, wanted to hear that everything was going to work out and that we were destined to, to be together. And she said, your relationship is like an old, dirty blanket. and she also you know said you know you really should look into some books on neuro-linguistic programming Um, and I had never heard of NLP at the time and so it was really this um, catalyst to allow me to explore the subconscious mind in neuroscience and if you had asked me at that time I would have probably said that I was a relatively positive person but upon doing that deeper inner work and really exploring some of the limiting beliefs that were you know hanging out in my subconscious having a party I realized that there was so much that was standing in the way of my authentic truth you know <laughs> shining and um, and so it was was a, a matter of peeling back those layers. And so I started with the brain, but then I quickly discovered how our energetic body, our light body, you know, they're all so deeply interconnected. And so, you know, there's so many different modalities that allow us to have a better, you know, ability to discover ourselves and get in touch with our, you know, true soul blueprint and, and peel away the layers. And around that time, you know, um, you asked me about my journey of kind of transitioning from corporate America. I, I was discovering these things about myself and I was also starting to get more in tune with my intuition, um, which, you know, had been blocked for a lot of time. And um, I started to get these, these downloads. And, you know, the first download that I got was to leave my safety net in, in corporate America and to start my own business. <laughs> and uh, the second one was to start a, a podcast. And so those were the two, you know, intuitive downloads that I received and, um, you know, really tuned into and, and followed through on. Yeah, I mean, your story is so inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think for a lot of people, we've we've all got this kind of similar programming. Most of us do of like, okay, this is the route to take to be financially secure, to feel safe, and it can feel very trapping. And it takes a lot of courage to break out of that cycle. Um, what were some of the self-limiting beliefs that you were working through to make that transition? Or what were some beliefs that you had to break through to be like, okay, new paradigm, here we go. 
You know, I think a lot of my limiting beliefs revolved around self-worth and not being good enough. You know, I constantly felt like I had to prove myself um, and I wasn't, I, there was a lot of fear of shining, of really um, stepping out there and, and doing something different. You know, my Chiron, which is an asteroid, is a, you know, wounded healer in astrology and that is right on my midheaven of my chart, right um, in the sign of Gemini in the 10th house. And it's my south node. It's right opposing my south node, which uh, Jupiter is conjunct on. And so there's a, you know, and I have a stellium in my fourth house. So there's a lot of, I believe, past life um, karma of being, you know, um, having it not safe to shine having it not safe to shine, being, you know, um, sort of hidden away. And, um, and that has been really my journey is to, you know, follow that fear and, you know, kind of do it anyways. It's really funny because, um, you know, I mentioned about those two downloads that I received. And for me, even though, you know, I was leaving the, the big salary and the safety net of corporate America, um, the thought of, starting a podcast was even more terrifying <laughs> to me than, you know, starting my own business because I was definitely afraid of public speaking. And the other thing was that, you know, I, I didn't want to talk, you know, all my background was in marketing and business, um, but I didn't want to talk about that. You know, I wanted to talk about spirituality and, you know, the multidimensional journey of, of being a human. And so for me, those were, um, that was a, a big part of overcoming that fear and those limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. So much good stuff in there to touch on. I love what you're saying too about a fear around being too big or being seen or shining too brightly. Um, because I think that's almost innate to stepping into your own business or creating your own brand. It's like, you have to have some kind of level of like, okay, I'm going to be seen. I'm here to help you. I'm here to serve you. And that might make people uncomfortable. Um, did you find, how did you feel as you transitioned into that? And how did you overcome that fear? Like you were saying, you were afraid to kind of speak on the podcast, but you did it. Like, how have you kind of weaved your way through those, those dense feelings? That's uh, such a great question. You know, I leave all of my early podcast episodes up and they're, you know, painfully awkward. And, but I feel like they're a beautiful reminder because I work with clients all the time that want to start a podcast or want to write a book or, you know, know that they're called to do something really, really big in the world. And yet there's a fear and we're so, you know, conditioned, I think societally to see the person with the, you know, hundred thousand followers or the, you know, the overnight success or the, you know, huge podcast following. And, you know, the truth is that more often than not, it takes a long time and consistency. And, you know, even Oprah didn't start off being, uh, you know, you know, complete rock star when it comes to interviewing, you know, it took time. And I, that's always so inspiring to me to like see other people's journeys. And so, you know, I think for me, it was just like feeling the fear and doing it anyways with every single thing um, because you get confidence from going through the journey. Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me of that little saying, like, you can't compare your day one to somebody's day 100, because there is no okay. such thing. And like, 
Yeah. I love that you leave your episodes up. Me too. I mean, sometimes I go back, I'm like, oh my gosh, so embarrassing. But um, the Almost 30 Girls did a, a really funny podcast the other day where they listened back to their first one. It was hysterical. And they're just <laughs> like so mega in this world right now. Um, and they're just amazing. Uh, so I think it's wonderful and it's endearing and it's, it shows you like such tangible growth. Like we should be looking back on these projects with, you know, being so proud of ourselves. Being so proud. Yes. Yes. That's so true. You know, it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what have you been learning um, as your journey through podcasting? You know, what are your guests teaching you or what are some conversations that you've been really enjoying recently on your podcast? Oh gosh, there's, there's so much, you know, I feel like similar to you, it's like, you know, we do our podcasts and create for the world, but also, you know, for ourselves and in a way, because we get to, you know, the, the privilege of, of speaking and learning and growing and it's such a profound experience. So I, I learn something all the time, you know, in every, you know, connection. Hey there, just popping in for a second to tell you about my new offering, Cultivating Confidence. This is an online self-mastery course that I've been developing over the last few months, but I honestly feel like I've been working on this for my entire life. (laughs) And I'm so happy and I'm so grateful to be at a point now where I'm really able to share this with the women in my community. So it's an online go at your own pace course with eight modules and it includes EFT tapping, guided visualization meditations, affirmations, transformational workbook prompts, goal setting, developing a daily practice and so much more good stuff. I've really included actionable steps in every single module for you so that you are really doing the work. And you're going to discover a lot about yourself through doing this. It's really amazing what happens when we invest in ourselves and show up for ourselves. It's a way of communicating to ourselves that we love ourselves and that we believe in ourselves. So if you're ready to look into this and you're ready to take the next step and really step into the next version of yourself and align with that highest version of yourself, this might be just the thing for you. So you can go to HelenDenham.com to check that out and you'll see a link for the course and let me know if you have any questions, but thank you so much for listening and back to our conversation. You know, one of the things that I've been kind of working on recently has been the integration of, of masculine and, and feminine. And um, what's interesting about that is that, you know, I mentioned my journey in corporate America and that was really a a strong masculine energy of, you know, do, 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 go, go, go. And um, when I first started my business, it really had the same energetics. Um, It was like constantly on the go, like really um, setting out to sort of prove myself or to build a, a, you know, big business, whatever that looks like or means. And I realized that um, it, this was not serving me anymore. And it was interesting, you know, because I would wake up at like five o'clock in the morning and be on my laptop, you know, until 11 or 12 o'clock when I went to sleep at night. And I simultaneously in my first year of business got engaged and, um, you know, was uh, ended up on my honeymoon in Bali. 
And it was such a beautiful experience and awesome to go, you know, around the world. But at the same time, I was so burnt out and so exhausted that I felt like I couldn't even fully enjoy it, you know. And that was kind of that point. And also, um, you know, numerology, numerology. (laughs) that's a a mouthful, but uh, there was like a huge pattern change that was happening um, in my life at the time. So it really supported like a different kind of energy, but I, I made a decision and a promise to myself, like I wanted to find a new way of moving forward that really embraced more of the divine feminine. And I feel like I kind of did like an abrupt <laughs> turn. And, um, and so now it's like the ability, and I think that we all have this opportunity is to really integrate the divine feminine and the divine masculine that is a part of all of us and to be able to, you know, weave those elements in and integrate and kind of dance with it in a really fun way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so glad you're talking about this. I think as women, you know, we still do live in a pretty patriarchal society. So most women are pretty like charged in their masculine uh, because most of us are taught to believe like, oh, the only way I can make money is through this very linear way of thinking. Got to get on that hamster wheel, you know, to create this career. And uh, I think one of the things I've been unblocking is that money has to be hard to make or that it like can't be easy. And we, you know, that I'm changing my beliefs to understand that like we can have it all. We can have this beautiful, peaceful, joyful life and be very prosperous and wealthy. And that doesn't mean anything like it's not a dirty word. So love that. And I love that you talk about business um, pretty often on your platform as well. So do you have any kind of like tangible, like business pillars that you brought into your entrepreneurship and your journey with the soul collective? Oh yeah, that's such a great question. You know, I feel like with clients that I work with are, you know, star seeds, light workers, healers, intuitives, and they feel like they have, you know, are here for such a big purpose. And that can feel overwhelming sometimes. It's like, you know, you know that you're here to do something important and to be of service, but you know, how do you get started? And I think, you know, when it comes to business and marketing, you know, we have, you know, social media and website presence and, you know, creating content. And at the same time, we're, you know, simultaneously holding space, you know, for clients. And that can be, you know, that can be a lot. And so I really believe in like simplifying the process. You know, one of the things that I love to teach is, um, you know, to understand that we're all a unique individual, you know, snowflake, if you will, like we all have our own essential ingredients that we can share with the world. And that's what a personal brand really is. And so the first thing that makes a brand really, really powerful is to know the self really well. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, businesses or, you know, solo entrepreneurs can, you know, miss the step of like really going deeply within. And if your brand was a you know, smell, what would it smell like? How do you describe, you know, how you'd like to make people feel, you know, what color frequency does your brand exude? You know, all of these elements and questions are so helpful to understand, you know, as we bring that forward. And so I think that's one important ingredient. And then the other part that I recommend to people is to get in in touch with the maybe one or three you know, one to three topics that 
you feel really passionate about. And those can be things that you just research all the time. Like, you know, astrology is something I'm super, super passionate about, constantly reading books on astrology, constantly, you know, doing workshops and all the things. But, you know, follow what you Google, follow what you read, follow what lights you up. And those might be areas that you want to develop your own type of, you know, expertise, your own unique perspective around. You know, I think you know, Helen, you probably get quite a few, you know, people reaching out to you probably on a, you know, daily basis to be a guest on your podcast. And, you know, I think one of the things um, with, with speaking and sharing is to first really get comfortable with what it is that you're, you're sharing, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes like I'll have people reach out and it's like, well, what do you want me to talk about? <laughs> um, you know, and it, I think it's helpful to really understand that you have a unique voice, you know, just as we were talking about, it's like everybody has something unique to share, but to really hone that and to, um, you know, to, to spend time journaling about it, to spend time creating content around that, um, because you're, the way that you're able to share that voice becomes even more powerful. And then an extension, a final extension of that is to really be of service. And I think one of the ways that entrepreneurs can be of greatest service right now is to create content. And that can come in, you know, a variety of ways, whether it's, you know, content that we post on social media or if it's a podcast or a YouTube channel or, you know, whatever it is that really lights you up. I don't think it, we need to do all the things, but to focus on one thing and to do it consistently with love can be such a game changer and to really help to serve your community. Oh my gosh, such good tips. And I was reading, you put up a fantastic caption today with some of those tips in there. And I literally put it on my to-do list. I was like, okay, what are my top three speaking points that I really want to touch on right now? And I think one of your little pieces of advice was like, record yourself speaking through it. So that is on my list. Thank you so much for that. Because sometimes it's hard to wrap our minds around like, okay, kind of have an idea of where I want to go. But like, okay, what do we do about it? Like, how do we take action? And I think that's so fantastic. Like follow what you Google. Totally. Yes. Exactly. Love that. What have you, you mentioned astrology. What do you love about astrology and what have you learned about yourself through studying astrology? Oh my gosh. That's such a beautiful question. Um, I've learned so much. So astrology was one of the most profound tools on my healing journey because it really helped me to understand, you know, some of my innate gifts, some of the challenging aspects, and also what I came into this world to, to learn and to teach. And I think that's what, you know, the beauty of a birth chart is. It really is like a map of the soul. And it also shows us some of the karma that we're coming through from past lives. Like what, what are some of the areas that we're working on and, you know, growing towards. Um, but the more we get in touch with our birth charts, the more that we can really love every part of ourselves. It, it's so interesting how astrology can be a journey of self-love. You know, there's people out there and, um, you know, myself included at a time where um, there were parts of my birth chart that I would be like, oh my gosh, this is a curse or, I, you know, I'm, you know, and, and it's not like every birth chart is so beautiful. And so like, for example, I have three planets in the 12th house, which, you know, the 12th house has sort of this spooky, uh, you know, connotation in, ast in astrology. And so, at first, you know, you can watch, you can Google, you can watch a lot of videos on the 12th house in astrology. And it's like, oh my gosh, the house of limiting beliefs and the subconscious. And, um, and so 
that was like scary for me in the beginning. And then I became, and it's so interesting how this simultaneously followed my journey of self-love because there's also a lot of beauty in the 12th house around healing and really, you know, using your gifts for a higher purpose and intuition and, you know, connections to, to, you know, higher realms. And so, you know, there's beauty in blessings in in the challenges and in all aspects. And so that's a great thing about astrology as well is that, you know, it's a map, it is there and we have the option to do whatever we choose with it, you know, but the other thing that's so cool about astrology, if somebody's just kind of getting started on their journey is to tune into the nodes. Um, you know, Stephen Forrest is, uh, you know, one of the pioneers of evolutionary astrology. And we all can just look at where the, the nodes are showing up in our birth chart. We all have a North node and a South node. And, you know, the South node is an area that we're moving away from or, you know, something that we know that we're really familiar with, that we've been there, done that type of thing. And the North node is something that's a little bit more challenging for us. It's a little bit outside of our comfort zone, but we really came in to explore and to like dive into and a a part of our soul mission. So that's a fun way to kind of get started. And, you know, one of the many, many areas I think in astrology that can help us to discover more of who we are and why we're here. Mm, oh my gosh, you're really inspiring me to to dive into my chart because I'm very like very surface level with astrology, but I love it so much. And I think that's kind of like the fun thing about astrology is that you keep unfolding new parts of yourself. And I didn't know really much about the North Node at all. So I've got to check that out. But um, beautiful. Yeah, it's also very like comforting almost. It almost gives us this, for me at least, this greater trust in the universe because there are these synchronicities that start to come up that are just like, you got to be kidding me. Like it starts to make so much sense. And like, you know, it makes me feel very home at home in the universe at large, I guess, to, to know astrology and human design as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love that you bring that up and it's so true. And like the other thing about astrology too, is like the, you know, the fact that, you know, we have the four elements, you know, earth, air, um, fire and, and wind. Water. Oh my gosh. Um, And, you know, that can be a really great modality to explore and dive into is like the elements in your chart. Because, like, I know for you, you have got a lot of water in your chart, which is really, really, you know, beautiful and um, in touch with with people and sensitive and intuitive. And, you know, when um, Deborah Silverman, she talks about like the missing element so that we all have an area that we might want to cultivate in our charts with around the elements. And so that's been a helpful like learning and healing modality for me is like, I do have a good amount of fire in my chart, but it has been repressed. And so to be able to kind of cultivate the the fire and play with that. And I think for everybody, you know, getting in touch with what element is maybe missing or that you want to bring out, you know, they, all the elements have sort of like a unique flavor to them. Yes. Oh my gosh. Fantastic. Um, are there any other like tools that you go to when you are just you know, when you're tapping into source energy, when you're connecting, like, what are some other tools that you go to or things that you really have fun exploring to connect you to your higher self and to spirit, essentially? Yeah, I mean, breathwork is, I've been a really powerful and pro- profound tool for me. Um, you know, being outside in nature, 
for me. I feel such a strong connection to source and, um, you know, to, to myself. Um, I also love automatic writing because it allows me to, you know, have a, a deeper sense of awareness of how I'm feeling. And I think, you know, for, for many of us, like it can just be such a great tool to, um, to, you know, explore how we're feeling and, you know, some of the thoughts that we're kind of working on marinating and have them, you know, putting that actually out there um, on paper on the computer can be uh, so, so powerful. Um, Neuroscience is another one that I absolutely love. And, you know, I think being able to actually connect with your subconscious, like giving it a voice and, you know, speaking to your subconscious in terms of reprogramming, because, you know, the brain follows patterns. And I think it is so important to be able to like reinforce on a regular basis, you know, to talk to your brain, to be able to, you know, reinforce different thoughts. And so, you know, what I mean by that is like, sometimes the brain doesn't um, recognize what is truth or not. So if we say like, I am confident, I am abundant. Like if we say that over and over and over enough, you know, the brain will believe that. And especially when it is in a relaxed state, you know, that's why like the deep imaginings or, you know, the hypnotic, you know, brainwave states that we can get into can be so suggestive and helpful to making, you know, lasting change. Mm. Yeah, such good advice. I'm also realizing that like the media that we're consuming is also programming our subconscious in ways like I just got a projector up in my space and like it's like this huge projection and I'm like, whoa, everything I'm watching is like huge coming right in and downloading. So I'm like, what can I watch to make sure that like I am doing myself a service? Um, I always recall like I was really sick one year, just like with the flu or something in bed. And I was like, I'm going to watch the Game of Thrones. And uh, so I watched a season of Game of Thrones and I just went into like depression. And I could, I was like, what is going on with me? And I was like, oh, well, maybe it's because I've been watching people kill each other like all day, every day for like a couple of weeks while I've been sick. So it just reminded me of that. But it's so true. Like our brain doesn't really know what's true or not true. So when we're seeing people die and, and perish on screen or watching the news, it's like, Okay, that's that's getting into our uh, subconscious there. Oh my gosh, totally. Yeah, and even music too. It's like so subtle, but like even if we have music on in the background, like the brain picks up on everything. Absolutely. Yeah. I I kind of want to journey back to from your, you know, transition from your 9 to 5 into your more soul-led business because I think so many of us will eventually go through this transition if you're listening like it's probably already happening for a lot of people and I think the pandemic showed us like we have a lot more freedom than we've even realized necessarily. Um, were you like, I'm just curious to know more about your transition. Did you know that you wanted to start your own business before you left your nine to five? Or did you kind of, you were just like, I'm going to jump. Like, how did you prepare to do that? Did you develop savings? Like how did you plan to make your transition? So I am a double Virgo. <laughs> And so I definitely, you know, there's some preparation that, that, you know, just needed to be present in order to feel comfortable making that, that step. But that, that being said, you know, it took me about six months. I had a vision of the company soul media that I was going to start and it came through and in a drawing, like a lot of times I'll get, um, and that's another thing is like actually 
drawing things um, in addition to writing. Like I find all like perfect, uh, it, it can be very um, like a, a, a great source of channeling. So mm-hmm. I was able to kind of draw out um, the vision for my company. And, um, and then what I did was uh, I kind of worked on getting three clients um, prior to leaving my job in, in corporate America. And so that gave me a sense of understanding what the revenue model would be for the business, um, which was helpful. You know, I just had a sense of like, okay. <laughs> um, and I, I definitely recommend that um, if, it, if at all possible, like some people can leap and the net will appear and it works out for them that way. But, you know, some sense of, of planning, you know, from a revenue perspective of what your business might look like you know how, and there's so many different ways of, you know, creative ways that you can, you know, come up with, um, you know, Lacey Phillips talks about portals um, of, of, you know, money portals and, and abundance. But I, I, I believe in, you know, creating different revenue streams for your business um, and having a good sense of what it is that you want to create, what's, you know, what's your vision that's placed on your heart and being able to kind of map that out. And, and then, you know, some of the more granular pieces can evolve from there. Mm-hmm. Any advice for somebody who's working on booking their first client who's new in this field? And they're like, how do I even land my first client? What does that look like? Was there anything that helped you transition there? That, that's a great question. I think vis- visualization is one of the most powerful tools. If you can't see it in your mind's eye, it's very difficult to make it a reality. So, you know, picture yourself working with your ideal dream client. You know, how does that feel? What does it look like? You know, what does your client, you know, who are they? You know, do you want to work with, you know, um, what, what field, what industry, um, get very specific, you know, write it down, you know, create a vision board. Um, when I've, you know, done bigger retreats and events and stuff like that before, it's like creating an actual vision board for the project that you're, um, you know, putting on and, and celebrate all the wins along the way. You know, the first client that you get, you know, it, it's amazing and so beautiful and, and celebrate that, you know, too often we're looking ahead and being like, oh, I don't have, you know, all the clients booked or I don't have, you know, my whole schedule filled. It's like, you know, celebrate the wins along the way and, and be excited and grateful. And that creates more abundance. And the other thing of that is about clients is that um, if you don't have clients in the beginning, I always recommend like really practice what you love doing. If you want to, you know, be a coach or you want to be a Reiki practitioner, you know, practice doing that, like set up in-kind sessions and do trade and be in it. Like if you love what you do, like it's not even going to feel like work, but the more you practice and the more that you hone your your gifts and your skills, the better and better that you'll become at that and you'll, you'll embody that. And the other thing is like during that journey, you'll get testimonials and you'll get feedback and that will help you to, you know, attract even more clients. Such good advice. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I love your, your part about visualizing and getting very specific. Like I remember I did this just in the beginning of launching my course. I was like, who, who am I selling this to? And I gave her a name I gave her a whole personality, wrote her down, like found a picture online, like a stock image of somebody like I would just, you know, so I, when I talk to my audience, I envision I'm 
talking to her. So that's so helpful. That's been very helpful as well. I need to get back on that. Just keep yes. like that's who I'm talking to. And I also love your, you were touching on sharing, like, and just being of service earlier and using content creation as like a portal there. And, uh, and just practicing. I think that's just great advice to just get on camera and just start giving, you know, parts of your teachings for free, essentially, to get people familiar with you. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing to keep in mind too, is that like oftentimes our clients are like an earlier version of ourselves. So I love that how you described that you made it very clear. You you know, created a, you know, avatar, if you will, of your ideal client. And it's like a lot of times we can connect to her or, you know, to whoever our client is through, you know, connecting with a past version of ourselves. Mm, Yeah. Amazing. I love that. And it also gives like, from that perspective, it helps us like realize that we are an expert in this, in this realm and whatever we're teaching. Cause if we've been there and we've overcome it, like we understand how to provide in that way. So I think that's a great way to just like validate ourselves in a way and just remember that like we're supposed to be there. Absolutely. Is there anybody that you have loved learning from recently as well? Like any books that you're reading, anything you're watching, any teachers that you're like really loving right now? Oh my gosh. So many, so many, um, you know, all the astrology teachers that I mentioned, um, Martha Beck has been an amazing guest on the podcast recently and Neil Donald Walsh. Um, there, I love hearing about people's journeys and, you know, I feel like we all have our own unique challenges to overcome, but they both have incredible stories. So that was really fun. And then, you know, a personal mentor, friend, co-creator, Brooklyn Rain is the person that I mentioned who has an extraordinary breath work and, um, you know, channeling practice. And then, um, you know, Penny Pierce has been a long time um, friend and mentor and teacher. She's one of my favorite authors and she's the author of 10 books that center around personal transformation and her work is just incredible. Awesome. Yeah. So I'll have to look those up. Beautiful. Um, And, you know, finally, I wanted to ask you what your community seems to be maybe struggling with right now or what they come to you for help with. Like, what are you helping your community transmute the most right now? So I just finished a course that's called Your Divine Purpose, and it was such a beautiful container. And, you know, that group was a group of spiritual entrepreneurs that, you know, have a big soul purpose, are here, you know, and they are looking for ways to um, really build their business from a marketing and branding and, and business perspective. And so that took them through like the fundamental sort of building blocks of creating a brand and, you know, sharing your light and your gifts in the world. And, um, and so that's something that I absolutely love is to kind of take the overwhelm that can come from, you know, doing all the things and really simplify it and to create sort of a creative strategy around, you know, sharing your gifts in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be overwhelming. And I think that's what blocks a lot of people from even starting is because it's like so big to imagine that it's like, oh my God, where do I even start? But it's like, just, if you can just take like one little step at a time. And I love that you, you know, it's like lay out a strategy because then you've got your, your plan. You're not all over the place. Like you kind of know what, what's going on each day. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And something that came up recently in the course is, is, um, you know, having multiple browsers open in your uh, computer and I'm totally guilty of this, you know, but it's such a great analogy because 
when we're, you know, have all, we're doing all the things and we have, you know, all the tabs open, it can be very overwhelming to the brain and the brain automatically defaults to more of like a linear left brain thinking. And I think a lot of times what we need to do as entrepreneurs is to tap into the creative side of the brain, you know, the right side of our brain. And, um, and that requires a lot of spaciousness. So the more that we can simplify, the more that we can, you know, allow the space to be, you know, genuinely in a place of play and creativity, the more I think our, our businesses will flourish. Oh my gosh. I love that. And that's such a very, like very real thing. Like every time I sit down to work, maybe it's just my personality, but my space has to be completely clean. Because when I'm working on something, I'll want to clean that. I want to like organize that. So I just do that in the morning, like clean everything, so that when I'm down to work, like I'm just working and focusing. But that I love that. Like too many tabs open. Absolutely. Like it's so easy. We just we're like little goldfish with an attention span of like two seconds in this day and age with our social media. It's like so easy to get distracted. So to stay focused is like a power tool. Yeah. Yes. So Emily, where can people find you and uh, learn from you and connect with you? I love connecting with people on Instagram. I met um, Emily Ghosh Harris on Instagram. And then my website is imemilyharris.com. And then my podcast is the, the Soul Collective. And Helen, you'll be a guest on it soon. It was such an honor interviewing you. And we have you know, lots of fun spiritual teachers and way sharers on the, on the show as well. Amazing. I'll link that all in the description below so people can find you easily as well. But uh, thank you so much for, for sharing your journey with us today. And um, I'm just so inspired by you and everything that you're doing. So thank you for being here. All right, you guys, thank you again for hanging out with us today. Again, you can find Emily on Instagram at Emily Gosh Harris and I am emilyharris.com. And on Instagram, I'm at Helen Denham underscore and HelenDenham.com is my website. Um, and if you head over to my website, you'll find links for the course where you can check out the course sales page and see if it's the right fit for you, especially coming into this and out of this Lionsgate portal. This is a fantastic time to up level. So if you're feeling called to take the next step in your journey, cultivating confidence, the course might be a really good fit for you. Uh, you can also find blog posts and past podcast episodes, links to my music, and we've got merch up, honey. We have t-shirts and tote bags that say you are loved, which are wonderful conversation starters and just like make people smile as you pass. So cute. And uh, yeah, just browse around. I'm so grateful for your presence and uh, I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Have a beautiful rest of your week.